1: Remember,
2: you're not here and things that are happening to you. Oh, God goes, man, I never knew that would happen to him. What an act. I'm, man, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't catch it in time. No, as a Christian, my life is not a series of accidents, but a series of divine appointments. Now, if you're in sin as a Christian, good luck. Because you're not being directed by God and you will suffer the consequence. So just ask God to forgive you and get back in line again. Doesn't life
0: sometimes seem to be moving so fast that you can't keep up or make sense of things? Sure it does. Things happen in your life and you wonder why. Maybe you even doubt that God is watching over you or possibly that God's getting you back for something you did. Well, Pastor Mark's teaching will help put those doubts to rest today. God does have a plan for your life. Nothing that has happened or will happen takes him by surprise. He has a positive purpose for your existence. He wants to show you how, by trusting and following Him, you can live a life of contentment and joy. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4, as he continues his message, The Secret of Life.
1: Now, look at
2: verse 11, and I'm going to give you the Balmer translation. The Balmer translation. So read along in your translation. For some of you don't know, this is my intake at it to kind of get you to understand what's in the verse. So Paul says this in verse 11. I am not saying this because I am in need. For on the very day that I became a Christian, God came to me and gave me the gift of contentment. And I've been content and satisfied ever since the day I got saved. Is that what your Bible says? How many of you, the day you got saved, God gave you the gift of salvation and he gave you the gift of contentment and you've been satisfied of everything. Never wanted another thing in your life. Perfectly happy with who you are in the circumstances. Anybody want to raise their hand? It never came, did it? It wasn't a gift. Women, how can I learn to be content? Ah, let's read the verse the way it's supposed to be read. Look at verse 11. I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have, circled the word, learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul had to learn contentment. It isn't natural to mankind. In fact, the original language says it like this. I have learned to be continually content. So here's what I want you to write. The command to be content is learned. It isn't a gift. It's not of the fruit of the spirit that comes to you automatically. I have to learn it. And how do I learn it? I learn by experience, personal experience. So where do I learn to be content? Not in church, not in a Bible study. We learn to be content in the classroom of everyday life. I was learning to be content on Monday in my office at the house. You and I understand that life is unpredictable. It's like a roller coaster. The Bible is filled with amazing role models. Paul's one of them who learned to be content in all of these circumstances. As I said, the circumstances that I had money are nothing compared to many of you right now that you're going through. Those are so minor Paul had amazing roller coaster rides. From the richest to the most devastating you can imagine, that's where he learned to simply trust God. Now, where is Paul as he's writing this? Let me remind you. Paul was writing this letter as a prisoner. He's chained to a Roman soldier, he's unable to move about in freedom. He's no longer able to do what he loved to do. Paul loved to get a group of young guys and go around the world, three missionary journeys, and go around the world, never knowing where he's going to stop, being led by the Spirit, loving God do it, and starting churches and ministering. He loved it. He couldn't move 50 yards. He's chained. He's in prison. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. He's also facing an unknown future. He he believes Nero is probably going to execute him. Listen to F.B. Meyer. Paul, depraved of every comfort and cast as a lonely man on the shores of the great strange metropolis, with every movement of his hand, clanking a fetter and nothing before him but the lion's mouth or the sword. So every time Paul wrote, what you have there, his chain clanged. But see, he, he was not only content with that, but he was busy for the Lord with that. That's huge. Well, what does he continue to write? Look at verse 12. I know, personally, Paul says, what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. Aha. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. You see, contentment is not some spiritual elusive thing. Contentment is an attitude of commitment to live in the present circumstances because God is enough. Contentment is not external, it's internal. And today I want to give you four ways to learn to be contented. Four ways. So I'm going to give them to you. Three of them start with the word think. Now why would I do that? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Very often when I'm not content, it's bad thinking. When things are going bad, I'm saying, "God, what what I do wrong? Why are you angry at me? I can't communicate. I can't get my messages. I'm, I'm supposed. To, I'm, on, I'm on this mission trip for you. That's wrong thinking. So here's number one: think, think. God is my generous. Don't forget that word, heavenly Father. God is my generous." Heavenly Father. Understand if you're a Christian today, you have a heavenly Father. He's perfect. He's generous. He's fantastic. He's all-knowing. He owns everything. Look at John one twelve. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now I want you to turn to Matthew 7.11. You see, when I became a Christian, I didn't only get forgiveness. I didn't only get the gift of God's love, and he came to live inside me personally. But I have a role with God now. He's my heavenly father. Now, all of us have different roles and different backgrounds with fathers. Some of you had really, really absent fathers, poor fathers. Some of you had great fathers. None of them compared to God. He's perfect. Look in Matthew 7. If you then, though you are evil comparatively, God and humans, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much, what's the word? More. You mean there's more? Yeah, I'm going to teach you that God says we can have more. In fact, God's desire is for us to have more. To him was able to do exceedingly more than you can ask or think. But it's his desires, not ours. How much more will your Father in heaven give? What kind of gifts? Good gifts. Not one of those that you've got to pass off next Christmas at the party. A tie that you would never wear. to Even to a funeral, you'd never wear it. Give good gifts to those who ask Him. You have to understand how good your Heavenly Father is today. I have to think about it. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good Thing from those who do what is right. And then look at First Timothy 6.17. All of us in America are rich. Comparably to the world, obviously. Their trust should be in God. Who richly gives us. All we need. Here's a word that the world does not believe belongs to Christianity. All we need for our enjoyment. Outside this room. The world thinks God, at best, at best, is angry at us. Or he has nothing to do with us. He's just up there and that's 100% wrong. The Bible uses the word father, not as an absent father, but a father who cares about every aspect of our life. And he's a good God. And he's a generous God. If you open your wallet this morning... Right here, your wallet, your purse. And you have money in there. Whose is that? That was pretty weak. Whose money is that? Let's see if you can get it right. Because he gave us everything. Am I right? Some week I want to do a sermon. When you walk in the door, I'm going to collect all your wallets. You see, application is, makes all the difference. I won't announce what it is because you'll never show up for that week. I'm not stupid. Now, by the way, I'm not collecting your credit cards. That's your own deal. You pay your own stuff. No, but I'm serious. The world thinks enjoyment. You could worship and enjoy God that you could have fun and laugh. And God's a God of enjoyment. Absolutely. John 10, 10, he came to give us life in that abundantly, but they don't understand it. And that's sometimes our fault. You have a generous God this morning. Who cares for you? And he loves to give good gifts to you. I can be okay with where I'm at. Another phone will come. Whatever. It's all right. I can be content. Next. Number two. Think. Get it in your mind. God's plans for me. Are good. See, the world can't understand that God has a plan for you. But the Bible tells me, Old Testament, while I was in my mother's womb, God had a plan for me. It's unique. It's never about me. It's always about expanding the kingdom of God. So notice Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. One day God came to Abraham. Abraham was a total pagan. He said, I've got a plan for you. I've had a plan for your whole life. I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham didn't even know what he's talking about. He had a plan for him. One day, God came to Moses. After Moses had failed, he said, Moses, you know, I saved you. Your mother knew it. I saved you from being destroyed as a young baby because I had a plan for you. You're going to lead the children of Israel to the promised land. God has a plan for you this morning. It's a good plan. Look at this. Before you were born, look at what God did. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Be content this morning. God's plan for us are good. It's a good plan. It's to prosper us, not to harm us. It's to give us hope and to give us a future. God knew you. Before you knew you. And has a plan for you. He loves to direct our lives so we can learn to be content. Paul is at work doing God's will. Paul understood this perfectly because in Romans 8, Paul said this. All things work together. God's orchestrating it for the good of the kingdom of God. Number three, think. Enjoy being dependent And I made it personal to you, on my God. You see, Paul understood that life was not a series of accidents, but a series of divine appointments. Look what he writes. Paul writes to this church, and he says this, I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. In other words, he's saying this: I just don't want to come by and say hi to you for an evening. He says this, but I hope to spend some time with you in quality. I hope to come back for a week or two, or a month or two, or a year or two. But look what he puts at the end: if the Lord permits. You see, God God had already given Paul a heart for world missions. And so Paul knew not to leave the Lord out of his plans. So he puts it right in, if the Lord permits. Paul is making plans, which is a good thing. But he knows God has the best thing. You ever remember this term? Father knows best. Your father knows best. So the longer we serve God... The easier it is for you and I to rearrange our plans as God directs. We can trust God with all the details of our lives. Remember, you're not here and things that are happening to you. Oh, God goes, man, I never knew that would happen to him. What an act. I'm, man, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't catch it in time. No, as a Christian, my life is not a series of accidents, but a series of divine appointments. Now, if you're in sin as a Christian, good luck because you're not being directed by God and you will suffer the consequence. So just ask God to forgive you and get back in line again. Now, let me ask you a question. We can trust God with all the details of our life. Life is unpredictable, but God is in control. So Paul learned to be flexible and willing. He learned to be content when God opened the door and when God closed the door. Now, watch me. Why did God change my flight coming back? Totally different night, totally day, all different flights. Why in the world did he do that? I have no clue. But it could very well be that the flights he's putting me on coming back, I'll be sitting next to people he wanted me to sit next to. And when I get on that plane and I sit next to that guy, I'm going to say this. The reason I missed my good flights is because of you. And then I'm going to say this. Is that seat saved? If he says no, I'll say, are you saved? No. I'm just joking with you. Do you understand? All that's changed because life is unpredictable. But God isn't going, oh, man. Sorry, Mark. I was busy on Monday and I'm really sorry. I, I had that arrangement. I, I don't know what happened. I can be at peace. I can be flexible. Because my Heavenly Father is directing my life. In the very circumstances I'm at. Now here we're going to learn something huge. Because a lot of people think, when you're content, it's like this. Are you doing anything? No, I'm just content. <laughs> Chew on my cud- like a cow. Right after this verse 12, what's Paul say? I can do all things. Whoa. You mean contentment is not an excuse to do nothing? No, it isn't. Paul is content, but what's he doing with that chained hand? He's writing the gospel to us. That's amazing. He's not going, God, he's writing An epistle that we're learning this morning. And that brings point number four, the last one. God is enough. Be contented today. Remember, application makes all the difference. Life is not lived in the past, life is not lived in the future. Life is lived today. On Monday, that's the day I had to live life. The trip is in the future. The weekend was fantastic. All kinds of people came to love. It was a great weekend. I don't live in the past. I live that day. I have to learn what God had for me to learn that day. See, Paul learned the secret to contentment was to trust God to give him strength. To celebrate every day. No problem. So I want you to look at me. In a moment we're going to. We're going to pray two different prayers. Or two different groups of people. But I want to say this to you. If you're a Christian this morning. Be all here. Now. Right where. God has you. Be here. Be here. All here right now with who you are. You're not somebody else. You don't need to be envious of somebody. You're who God made you. Be all here. And number three, you be here with whatever God has in your hand, whoever you are, in the very circumstances you're in. You'll be all here right now. Why? Because God's enough. If not, you'll be discontent. You'll be useless. And of all people, you will be miserable. We have to learn and continue to learn to be content with who God's made us, what He's given us. You'll learn God's given some people more than you. So, He's perfect. He knows what you can handle and what you have. There's a lot of people that are like a million times more gifted me. Sorry, I'm not them. I can only be me. What you see is what you get. Sorry. But it's okay, because it's not me you're after. It's God in me that you're after. In the circumstances of life, you might know what's happening today. Probably not. Tomorrow, what do we have up in the Midwest again this week? In a heartbeat, your whole life is gone. We don't know what's coming. Live today. I want to show you a verse and a principle. Here's the principle. Real contentment can only be found In a personal relationship with Jesus. You'll never find contentment with religion. I don't care what religion it is. See, religion is a man trying to be good enough to find God. You'll never find it. God put within you an empty spot that only he can fill. And it's a personal relationship with God. You cannot find contentment outside of a personal relationship with God. Well, what destroys that? The thing that keeps me having that relationship is sin. So I have to get rid of my sin. How do I get rid of my sin? Religion doesn't do it. Being a good person doesn't do it. Jesus Christ came. To get you to have your sins removed. And some of you here could not call God your personal God today. Your heavenly father. Because he's not. He wants to be. So I'm going to give you a chance this morning. To do really what you've always wanted to do. To become a Christian. To have God as your heavenly father. It is a gift. It isn't something you have to work for like contentment. It's a gift that God gives you. Because Jesus died on the cross for you. And I know many of you. And just frustrated with life. One dead end after another. You tried the more deal. You have tried to try to be good enough to you. You tried this abstinence deal. You tried all the, and it doesn't work. You need God. Well, here's the verse I want to end with. It's the verse we started with early on. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, received Him, He gave the right to become children of God. It's a gift He wants to give you right now.
0: In today's message, Pastor Mark talked about the classroom of everyday life, which is the only place you can learn contentment. He also spoke about learning to think differently about God, about who He is, as well as how He thinks about you. Only after having your mind rearranged in regards to who God is can you get on the path to finding true contentment. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this ends the teaching, The Secret Life. We hope it was beneficial to you. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching, content with almost nothing or with everything. He will share Paul's experiences of what it took for him to become able to achieve godly contentment, and will give you tips to incorporate into your own life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. Together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurry